checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. Some, some moments you can't really touch, at least for me, it just God's doing something in your heart, preparing for the word. And I know the direction that the Holy Spirit is going. And so I just needed the Holy Spirit to give you a little bit more time to prepare your heart for what we're about to minister uh, this morning. Well, pastor is in uh, vacation. He's on his honeymoon. Amen. <laughs> hey, how many years? I mean, you can't, have, you can't have how many honeymoons you want when you're married. Amen. So he's enjoying his time with Pastor Marcy. I'm very honored to be able to serve the word today at this house. Amen. I'm a product of this house. Praise the Lord. So I want to thank the Lord for that. Um, we have new guests here. Anybody new here, raise your hand, please. If you're new, first-time guest, amen. Welcome to Anchor Faith Church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, my wife. Okay, great. Well, let's get into the word. Amen? amen. Let's get into the word. Um, we're going to go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. And what we're going to minister is, re- is in regards to culture. And my topic is going to be culture shock. Culture shock. Culture shock. But we're going to start with Colossians 1.13. I have lots of scriptures. Amen. 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 So follow me as I minister the word of God. God. Amen. Colossians 1.13. And it says, when they get it. Hallelujah. For he has rescued us, delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us, conveyed or transferred, into the kingdom of the son of his love. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, transferred us or conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. This is two parts here. You can't, we cannot just focus that he just saved us from something. Amen. He delivered you from something. He rescued you from something, but didn't leave you in the limbo. Didn't leave us in the limbo. He placed us somewhere. So we cannot just live the salvation part. We have to live in the position where the Lord has placed us in. So he saved, rescued, but then transferred. I have to drill this. He saved, redeemed, rescued, but then transferred. I like how it said and because they go hand in hand. Every time God delivers you from something, he's going to place you somewhere else. God will never deliver you just to deliver you. He has his purposeful when he rescues. And if he's rescuing, it's because you're in a condition, in a place that God had never intended for us to be in. So rescuing or just being at the cross is not the end game. It's the beginning. Because then he resurrected and seated in heavenly places. Now we're in him, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
Now notice that it didn't say religion. Notice that he didn't say that he rescued you from one religion to another religion. That he, there was no conversion from, from Buddhism to Hinduism, from, from Baptist to Pentecostal. Hello, somebody. Because if he's going to rescue from something, that means that wherever he's rescuing, you are in an environment that hinders. You're in an environment that's contrary to where he wants to place you. So if he wants to rescue you and you allow God to rescue you, you also have to change the way you think and allow God to put you in a place and teach you about that place that would empower you in that place. That's called the kingdom. Now the Bible is not a religious book. The Bible is not a religious book. The Bible is literally about three things. His king, his kingdom, and his royal offsprings. His kids, his children. Yes, it talks about the devil, but it's not about the devil. The book of Revelations is not about the Antichrist. It's not about the beast. It literally says in the, verse, in the first verse, and this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is what has been now uncovered that has been disclosed for years. And it has now been revealed to the sons of God. This kingdom that we are in contradicts the culture of religion. Contradicts the culture of your lifestyle. The kingdom that you're in is not a weak kingdom. It's not a broken kingdom. It is not a kingdom that can be shaken, but it will shake everything that's not of the kingdom. Your religion will kill you, but the kingdom will give you life. Your religion and you serving that lifestyle of religion, you will try to attempt to seek God, to find God. You will never find God in religion. And you will pray like a religious prayer. Hinduism prays, Buddhist prays, hello somebody, everybody prays. But how do you get to the heart of God is to know the will of God and pray according to the will of God that only the kingdom of God can reveal to you. Religion will bind you. Religion will mess up your kids. Religion will destroy your generation. Religion is temporary. You can change religion. You can convert to any other religion. But you cannot convert to any kingdom that has life. There's only one kingdom that has life. You have no other choice but to submit to that kingdom of life if you want it. You can't hop around kingdoms because there's only one kingdom that does not produce death. You can hop around religion. I don't like it anymore. Let me go to this one. You can't. This is good news. This is empowering. This will rescue you. This will save you. This will mess you up in a good way. It will change the way you think. That way it will change the way you walk. Because how you walk is how you think. Yeah. 
Your walk life is a product of your thought life. Your morals, your ideas, your intellectual, your, your intelligence, everything how you think, you will walk that path according to the way you think. Let's break this down. Let's break this down. I got to go somewhere. I, I don't know why I wore a tie. I'm, you know, I'm about to. It's about to happen. This word rescued. Oh, I love it. It means how, how God drew you to himself. Draw to oneself. God saw us in a condition that was not favorable for you and was not pleasing for him. So when he rescued you, he rescued you, us, me, for him. To draw to oneself. To rescue. Now how... Does God the Father rescue us or draws us? Well, John 3.16 says it. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, the son, will not perish but have everlasting life. John 1, verse 1 and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14, it says, and the word became what? Flesh. Okay, we're getting somewhere. John 14 through John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one, not even Mary. Not even John, the one he loves. No one means no one. Not the most intellectual person on the planet. Not the one who holds the highest office in the land. No one goes to the Father if not through Jesus. No one. No one. Period. 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 No one can do it. It can't happen. You can't smuggle your way into the kingdom. There's only one way. Jesus. Now, Jesus is the word of God. John 1, 1. So when God is going to draw you out, he's going to do it with his word. So therefore, we can take the word only begotten son and then not replace it because it's the same thing. We're going to do a little thesaurus for this matter. And we're going to put word. For God so loved the world that he gave his word. Notice how God loves you so much that the best thing he can give you is his word. God being a king knows what can I give humanity to draw to myself is the word. The father will never bypass Jesus to get to you. And you cannot bypass Jesus to get to the father. That's why he's the way. You can't go through any, any other prophets. It's Jesus. Jesus is the only one. There is no bypass. 
He is the bridge. He is Jacob's ladder. Hello, somebody. He is the reconciliation between God the Father and man. And he is the one that God only accepts. Let me fix that for you real quick. What does that mean? Well, we always say, not we, but you, you always heard that God accepts you how you are. Well, that's not true. The Bible doesn't tell me to say that. God can only accept you in the beloved. God can only accept us in Christ Jesus. He wants you to come as you are, but he won't leave you as you are. I'm so glad he changed me. Because then what's the point of coming into the kingdom if everybody's going to come in the same way? What's the point? What are you doing for me? What are you rescuing me out of to then put me to the same situation that I messed up? Okay. Ecclesiastes, whatever, chapter 8, verse 4. Translating Ecclesiastes. I know it in Spanish. Y'all don't know it in Spanish, so. <laughs> where the word, this is important, where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? Okay. We're in a kingdom. So if a word of a king, there's power, how much more the word of the king? Now, this power is not Holy Spirit because the Spirit and the Word are inseparable. The Spirit and the Word is in the Word. This word power, it just means authority. It's actually a, a, a noun. There's no, there's no verb. There's no action to it. It's just the authority. But its root word, it means dominance and rulership. Amen. Governance. So when the word of God that's mixed with the spirit, they're one, there is dominance. If I'm here and the word of God and the spirit is not here, there is no dominance. There is no rulership. There is no authority. There is no power in the sense of authority, royal authority. But when the word comes from the spirit of the king, then there's governance and rulership. Then why? Because the culture of the kingdom is manifested where the word of the king is. The Holy Spirit is the intentions of God's word. The, the, the power of God's word. He desires to manifest God's word. He looks to perform God's word. Jesus is not alive if not by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave birth to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of the Son. You can't separate them because where the word of the King, there has to be and there is power. And the word is not alive without the spirit. And the spirit can't do nothing without the word. 
So having just God's word is not enough. It must come with power. I don't know how people can neglect the Holy Spirit. It, do, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It's a religion. It's a powerless Christianity. And because you cannot explain why the manifestations of the word of God is not happening, you want to say that the Holy Spirit or tongues or the power had died with the apostles because you are a powerless believer. But if you have the word in you, just tap into what the word produces, power, authority, rulership, governance. The kingdom of God is within you by the word of God. First Peter chapter one, verse 23. First Peter chapter one, verse 23. Just going to give him an opportunity. Is it up there yet? I need you to see it. I need you to see it. There we go. Having been born again, having been born from above, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through what? The word of God, which lives and abides forever. Having been born of the spirit, having been transferred to the kingdom, you cannot be born again, cannot be transferred if not by or through the word of God. So God cannot, God the Father cannot rescue you or draw us to himself outside of the word. I'm making my point, right? Okay, good. Now, this word power, this word power is very interesting, very interesting. Because in other verses it says domain, and it speaks of territory. But I like this word power in the New King James Version. It messed me up. This word power is the liberty of doing what pleases you. <coughs> Living it your own way because you're the one in power. I find it very interesting that it also means Should I say <laughs> crown power is a sign of authority power is a sign of authority a royal sign and a crown is a royal sign so if God drew us to himself from the way we was living from that power that we had our own crown and then it says darkness living it under ignorance oh my gosh darkness means ignorance of the things of God when God created Adam 
and Eve in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 he said let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion let them rule let them reign but when when he ate the fruit and disobeyed he lost that royal true power that true authority now he was no longer reigning in life but reigning in death and it's a crown of pride I'm getting somewhere I'm getting somewhere I'm getting somewhere so when God drew us to himself from our culture and a culture is made naturally by the people through your experiences it can change and you can adopt new things in your own personal culture I'm getting somewhere you can always change your culture and it's 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 amazing how when we get into the kingdom we want God to change his culture to our culture And it's amazing how the culture of God never changes. You change and it feels like God's culture is changing. No, you're just catching up and knowing and getting knowledge of his culture. So you can change your culture, but God's culture changes you, changes me. And in a culture, there are languages. There's a way of living. There's a lifestyle. There's something, the morality is different. The, the social aspect of it is different. How we eat is different. So when God is going to go ahead and mess your culture up, don't be offended. Because God's kingdom cannot be shaking. So when you meet your culture with God's culture, guess who's going to die? Guess who's going to have to give in? Either you have to give in or you have to give out. Because this is so amazing and so beautiful how God is doing this. Because when I see this verse, I see the, the, redemption, the redemptive story of Christ in our life. I see it. All wrapped up in Colossians 1.13. The culture that we live, our own way of doing things... It is an enemy of God. And when we come to the knowledge of truth, we get a culture shock. Because we thought we can do it some way. And I said, can't do it like that anymore. That's not how we do it here. What do you mean? That's not how we do it here. We can't talk like that. We can't hate our brothers in our heart. That's a different culture. We have to forgive those who need forgiveness. Hello, somebody. That's our culture. We got to be kind. That's our culture. We got to speak truth. That's our culture. We got to love our brother with brotherly love. That's our culture. If you have two clothes and your brother needs one, you give him one. That's our culture. And you do it without interest. That's our culture.
And you love someone who you think don't deserve love, but because you know God loves you, you're going to love them anyways. That's our culture. We don't hold root of bitterness. That's our culture. Hello, somebody. For that, stay in our own culture. We don't hold grudges. That's our culture. We live by principles and, and sound morality. That's our culture. Our culture is not confused. It's in order. That's our culture. This ain't multicultural kingdom. When you have a multicultural, you're bringing so many gods and so many ideologies and so many opinions and nobody knows how to rule the thing. But Jesus wrapped everything up in his culture. There's no Jews. There's no Greek. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. There's no slave. There's no free. There's no black. There's no white. Everybody is everything in Christ. So when Adam ate the fruit and disobeyed, culture changed. He went from light to darkness. From revelation knowledge to ignorance. I'll prove it to you. Before he fell, he knew he could not hide from God. And when he fell, he lost his royal power to gain access to truth. He lost his royal authority, the keys to enter into the kingdom to know truth. Ignorance now cannot abide in darkness. Excuse me, in, in light. There is a separation now. Even the Lord in the natural tells us this, and God separated the light from what? Darkness. And he said, this is good. This is so good. And he did it with the word. Oh my God. He spoke it and the Holy Spirit said, I'll do that. I'll fix that. Mm. I'm, I'm working, I'm trying. Notice how when, after he fell, he heard God and try to hide because he no longer has this knowledge of truth and now he's ashamed of the position that he's now in. Truth showed up, light showed up in a dark moment of Adam. One crown showed up and another crown was there that God did not recognize. Death showed up and now Adam needs to rule and reign according to that condition, to that state. Because he does not have the knowledge of truth. He lost it. David said this, under the anointing, under the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, he says, where can I hide? Oh, come on, somebody. He only said it when the anointing was on him. That all of a sudden he got this revelation, this truth. 
Where can I hide from your presence? Is if I go to the deepest deep of whatever, if I go and reach the moon first in America, if I go to the Mars, if I go to the highest places, you are there, you are there, I can't hide from you, you are everywhere. But it was under the anointing that Adam lost and couldn't figure it out. You think you can hide from God? See, the ignorance that foolish kings, fool, ignorant kings, royal ignorance. Royal ignorant, ignorant, ignorant kings. This is so beautiful. I'm going to show you something so beautiful, so beautiful. Because God is trying to draw you to himself from this culture of lifestyle that contradicts everything that God has for you. Amen. Yes. And he said, if you just let me do it through the word. And you hear the word. And the word pulls you out as you believe. Because you can't do this without faith. Israel did not profit from God's word because it was not mixed with faith. It wasn't profitable for them. The ground for the seed of the word of God to grow in you is faith. That's the ground. And it produces. So when God sees us, he says, I want to see if, if there's some produce, some production. Where? The seed that I've been sowing needs to produce. That's how I know you by your fruits. The fruit of what? The fruit of God's word in you producing. This is so good. I'm going to give a little twist. This is going to be a twist. I may be in trouble for this twist. But it's pretty awesome. Our old way of living, the old man, this old king, I have to call the old king. Deaf king, king under ignorance, powerless king. Get it? Good. I noticed something when I read the word crown and I went on a whole journey in my mind. And this was so beautiful for me. And I saw when Jesus was crowned with thorns. And I noticed that they pierced his mind. Thorns is never a good thing in the Bible. There's no production. In fact, if you sow and comes thorns, that means dry land, man, dead things. Ain't happening. But notice how I get it. We see that they mock Jesus. We see that story. But look at the twist, though. The Holy Spirit breathed on man to say, I need you to write this thing, not just their mockery, how they're mocking him, but why dress him as a king? Jesus, when they put the crown on his head to mock him, this is the thought life. The ignorance, the darkness that don't produce anything. That was our crown. Yes, they were mocking him, but when they put him out for display and they were mocking him, in Psalms chapter 1, it says, 
Blessed is the one who does, who does not sit in seat in, of the scornful, the mockers. God does not want us to sit in this position of mockery. So when Jesus was shown out and God allowed Jesus to be mocked, I get it by the religious, but look at this. Jesus had to destroy this old king. And when he showed up, the our own crown is a mockery to God. It is something that God is saying, this is not the intent that I wanted for man to live as ignorant kings on the earth. And this ignorant king, I'm going to crucify it. And this ignorant king has to die. This is redemption. Because I have to transfer this ignorant king from this domain, this territory, domain of ignorance. That I was ruling and reigning through ignorance. Under another constitution. Under other principles. Under other cultures. And I was a slave to unrighteousness. So I was a slave king, separated from God, broken governors that God wants to, de- to restore back to position of authority, true authority. And when this broken king, this destroyed king, this king that took on the sin, The disobedience, not just your disobedience, but your condition, the state that God has seen us, the culture that we were ruling and reigning on the earth. He says, I got to kill this culture. I have to destroy this king. I have to draw this king out. I got to crucify it. That was our old man. Okay, let me help you. Let me help you. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. Look, therefore, gird the loins of your what? Mind. Mind. I'm going to leave it there. Be sober and rest your whole fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourself to the what? Former lust as in your ignorance. There's more, right? Nope, that was it. Here's another one. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 19. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer what? Walk as the rest of the Gentiles. These are people who are not in covenant. Walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their Mind, ignorant mind. Having their understanding what? Darkened. There's no light. There's no knowledge of Christ. There's no knowledge of God. Being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over lewdness to work all uncleanness and 
greediness. It's amazing how much ignorance will take us. Where ignorance will take us. That culture of lifestyle, that's our old man right there. No knowledge of God. No understanding of the things of God. Gets more. Gets more. Are we good? Are we doing good? Okay, 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 okay. We're doing good. We're doing good. We're doing good. It's crown of ignorance, crown of pride. Let's look at Proverbs 22, 5. Proverbs 22, 5. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Thorns and snares are in the way, the path of the perverse. That's our old man. Isaiah 28.1. Woe to the crown of pride. To the drunkards of Ephraim, those whose glorious beauty is fading flower, which is at which is at the head of the verdant valleys, to those who are overcome with wine. I'm not even going to touch that right now. And we talked about Jesus being mocked and scornful. This culture that, that God is drawing us out of, or has drawn, and if you have not been drawn by God, let God draw you out. Because he's not drawing you out of self, selfish ambition. He's drawing you out of the highest good for you. He's like, this is not the intent that I have for you, for you to be in darkness and rule and reign under death and darkness. I need you to rule, rule and reign in life. You got fake power. Other people say no power. How about it's fake power? Artificial. Can't do anything. Can't touch the things of God. Can't touch the unseen. Can't cast out divas. Can't, can't do nothing for the kingdom of God. Okay, here we go. This old man in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. Says this, that you put off concerning your former conduct, your former culture. The old man, which if you don't, will grow up. Corrupt according to the deceitful of lust. You see, this old man that crucified will grow more and more and more and bring back the culture. And then you'll try to bring this culture into the kingdom of God. So therefore, when you see these things, you'll find, you'll find Churches, churches that will practice things absolutely contrary to the kingdom and will teach it as doctrine of God. Bringing in the culture of the world of death things to try and make it work in life. But it can't because death is swallowed up in life. Look at this, Isaiah 55 verse 6 through 8. Isaiah 55 verse 6 through 8. I love this verse. I love this. Why? Because we've heard it. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Right? Okay. Okay. Let's, let's. let's read that in context. Because that is not for the believers. And I'll show it to you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. 
Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts. Why? Because look, look at the verse prior to that. He has forsaken the ways of the Lord and God saying forsake your way. Forsake your culture. Forsake the way you're doing things. Forsake your laws. Forsake your policies. Forsake your lifestyle. Because that lifestyle is not my way. Those thoughts are not my thoughts. So when we try to bring our thoughts that's contrary to the thought of God, there's going to be a clash. But now we have the mind of God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How can his ways not be my ways anymore? Right. How can his thoughts not be my thoughts anymore if I have the mind of God? I have the ways of God yeah. because of the word yeah. and his spirit. Yeah. Now, death, just like God will reign through us here. We're reigning. Do you believe your king's here? Yeah. You're ruling and reigning? Well, death can also reign through a man. Yeah. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Through the one. Listen. The most important person on the planet today is the Holy Spirit. The second most important person on the planet is you in Christ. Oh, come on, somebody. Because God needs you. The Holy Spirit, the governor, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, and a child is born and a son is given, and, and, and the government shall rest on his shoulder, government, kingdom. You see, we need the Holy Ghost who brings the policies of the kingdom, the culture of the kingdom. He will lead us to all truth, all righteousness. He knows how to do, he knows how to work the word. We receive government. And this government is not void of God's word. It has a culture. So when God needs this government on the shoulder, which is us, because we are the body of Christ, we being the second most important person on the planet, we carry out the policies of the kingdom. The church, in essence, is the embassy of God on the earth. Because we carry God's word, his culture, his morals, how he wants us to do it. Are you with me? So death reigned through this broken, separated, false royal king. And God said, I need to bring true power, true royal authority back. And then he transferred us, which means he changed our situation, removed us from one place to another, 
And he did this by 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 19, by redeeming us with his royal blood. He transferred us from one place to another. He changed my condition by his blood. Royal blood. You know, if we were not changed by royal blood, if it was not royal blood, we would not be royal. If it was just blood, then it would just be by blood, natural blood. But this is royal blood, the price. So God knew how much you cost before he went to the cross. He knew the price before he paid it. And it cost him his life to give you life. It cost God to, to strip him of all his glory to destroy yours. This is good news. And then he transferred us, ready, into the kingdom, which is the right to rule now, which is royal authority, which is royal power, which is dominion, the one that Adam lost. In Luke chapter 4, verse 5 through 17, you see the temptation of Jesus from the devil. And he, and he showed him, he took him to a high mountain. Satan took him to a high mountain and he didn't even show him religions. He, he showed him kingdoms and their cultures and the way they live, the, their lifestyle. He says, I will give you this culture, this kingdom, this power, this... He said, I, I, I'm not here for this. I, didn't, I came here to destroy that kingdom. I came here to break those kings. I came here to bring real power. Real authority. Real dominion. A crown that cannot be faded. An incorruptible crown. And he did it. Placed us in the royal power. I love this. From the son of his love. That the king. This new person that we are, this new creature in Christ, now we are royal in Christ, it is because it is a product of God's love. Love had this high desire for your good to crown you with real power, with real authority, with real dominance. And to finish. Because Jesus is a king. And if you are created in the king, then you're created in royalty. Listen, this is not just a cliche. You, if you understand why this is important, then it's going to help you to bring the kingdom culture in your workplace. Then to bring the kingdom culture no matter where you're at. If you cannot understand where God took you, where he placed you, you won't be able to manifest the culture of the kingdom. Because your culture, it's tied, your identity is tied to your culture, who you are. Who you are, who we are, is in who he is. And the more we know of him, the more we know of you and me. 
I get to know who I am in Christ Jesus. I get to know my royal authority, my royal power in him. So when I come into my workplace, I come in with a different culture that shocks everybody. It is a culture that shocks. It's a culture shock. What do you mean you don't do it like this? I'm shocked. <laughs> yep. What do you mean you can forgive that person? I'm shocked. Oh, if it was me, I would have never forgiven him. I'm shocked. Culture shock. You mean I got to give my other cheek? Culture shock. Boy, I will take out my 22. I know some people that would here. I'm not going to mention any names. But I do know when the kingdom of God manifests, culture shock. And as an ambassador, hello somebody. As one who God called me out, destroyed my old way of living, placed me in his royal power and said, now I need you to represent me on the earth. Crown me with goodness and favor. Woo! Hallelujah. Ashes to beauty. Unrighteousness to righteousness. As an ambassador, if somebody... All right, here we go. Somebody asks you, hey, what do you think about such and such situation? Well, as an ambassador, my culture, the word of God, the laws and the policy, this is how we do it. I have no opinion. Because if I bring my opinion, I'm bringing my culture back. You don't understand. Listen, listen. The problem that you're having, that we're having, is we want our opinions and everything that God is telling us not to. God says do it this way, but Lord, what? Don't bring your culture in God's culture. What do you think about, um, you know what? You just got to say this sinful lifestyle. Some are obvious, some are not. And then they ask you, what are you going to say? Well, since you asked, and I, you're asking me about, because you're calling me a Christian, and you're asking me what do I think, I can't tell you about my culture thinking, my old man. I got to give you my new culture thinking. I'm going to tell you what the king says about the situation. Because as an ambassador, I cannot bring my own policies, my own. I am submitted to the one who gave me these policies. And if Jesus said, I don't say what I want to say, I don't do what I want to do. That should be a song, Pastor Marcus. I don't say what I want to say. I don't do what I want to do. But I say what my father wants me to say. And I'll do what my father shows me to do. And guess what? I got more good news. It is better for me to go because when I go, I'm going to send another one just like me. Meaning he ain't going to do anything different than I've been doing. And this government will also, the Holy Ghost, will not say what he wants to say, will not do what he wants to do. He's going to say exactly what the Father wants me to say. And so how can we, all of a sudden, we come into this kingdom, want to say what we want to say? It doesn't work that way. That man's dead. I don't rule and reign no more with my own ambitions. I rule and reign according to how he wants me to reign. 
His word is for my good. We represent the culture of the kingdom. The culture of the kingdom will shock in such a way that people will talk in this manner. Oh, be careful, especially in your workplace. Be careful. You may lose your job. And sometimes God's culture can't manifest what I mean by the, his, his signs and wonders and miracles because lack of faith. But when there's faith in there, cheese Luis. I don't know who that person is, but then he's. <laughs> a lot of good stuff happens when faith is evident, when it's there, spirit of faith is there. I remember one guy walks in to work. Me talking about ambassador and culture. I know who I am, I've been rescued. I am not that, per I have a different culture. I have dominance. I have rulership. Hello, somebody. Okay. I have new crown. I have new royal power. Okay. So I know who I am. Therefore, my culture, it's, it's second nature to me. And this man walks in limping. Now, I didn't see this man walk in. My manager saw this man walk in. And he tells me the story. And I went back to get a cup of coffee. And um, he said he walked in. And he saw his face absolutely just in pain. He saw the pain in his face from a leg that he had. He had, he had a leg and it was hurting really bad, but he saw it in his face. And he walks in and then um, he was hurting so bad that the, the, one of the representatives at work was saying, hey, would you, like me to, would you like to sit down while I take care of this for you? Because I see you're in pain. I'm still back there making my coffee. And as I walk out, get my coffee, I see this man walking from the counter to a, to, a, to a desk, and as I see him, I get unction. And I'm looking at him. And I say to him, see, now my coach is kicking in, right? So I am. And he said, I said, hey, what's wrong with your leg? Oh, he gave me a story. Something about blood not flowing very well. He's in pain. I don't know. At that point, I'm just hearing heal him. I don't care what it's about, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> And if you tell me, I probably won't even remember. Okay? That's why we have scribes, right? Anyway. <laughs> there was none available that day. So it goes in. He says, well, he, he, explained, he explained the story. And I said, okay, I'm now trying to have a conversation. I said, well, have you gone to the doctor? Well, yes. They gave me this pill. And once the pill is gone, I feel the pain. Oh, so it's relieving you. Say, how long have you been like that? Six months. Okay. Then I said this. See, you, listen to me. Then I said this. Well, have you gone to a church? Why? Why, can, why can't we ask somebody, have you gone to the church so they can pray for you? You've gone to the doctor's? I mean, the woman of Israel blood did this, spent all her money and everything, but when she heard, I got to go. He says, no. Well, I'm an ambassador. I didn't tell him that because it would freak him out, but in myself. 
So I said, hey, I'll tell you what. Can I pray for you? You will not leave this place. This, you will not leave this place the same way you walked in. He said, yes. Praise God. He said, yes. For his benefit. My legs are fine. I'm not in pain. I'm not doing me a favor. God is doing you a favor. So I sat down next to him and went, the way he sat down, my gosh. Typically, you sit down like this, you know, your back. But he sat down with his, not even his back, like literally, and his legs sticking out like that. He couldn't even sit straight. But I didn't feel bad for him. God says heal him. I'm like, yeah, I have compassion. But I'm not going to let my soul rum jack me up so much that I stop hearing God. So I said, okay. I didn't do no religious prayer. I didn't say shit about a Honda, not a Kia. None of that. Okay. Go ahead. Let it go. Let it out. Just let it out. I'm just saying. Because I needed him to hear with understanding. If I speak in tongues, how is he going to say amen to what I'm saying? So, extend my hand. I said, are you ready? He goes, yes. I'm going to pray real quick. Father, I thank you because you love him. In Jesus' name, pain, go away. Now. Now I said, now get up. I'm not going to pray and leave you. Get up. I'm not wasting a prayer. I'm not doubting my prayer. Get up. Don't waste my time to pray for you and nothing happening. Get up. Okay. He got up. Now do something you couldn't do. I said, do something you couldn't do. I don't want this little. He started doing this. Then he did the most amazing thing. He experienced the culture. And then I said, who did it? And in the place of work, he said, Jesus. And then he left and never seen him again. But he walked out, not the same way he walked in. Because I know who I am. I know who I is. I'm an ambassador. I know where he rescued me from the domain of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of his beloved son. I, before, I have fake power. Religion has fake power. They'll pray and pray and cry and sob. Fake power. Nothing's happening. But when real power shows up, when real culture, true culture, genuine culture of the kingdom of God shows up, man, Jesus said it this way, if I cast devil by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come. The royal power has come. Pastor Marcus. I have so many other testimonies. Please stand with me. There was another lady, and I was in a different workplace. There was another lady, and I was, I was in a different workplace, 
and I was messing around with some products. And I see her in pain again. Something about the legs, I don't know, okay? And she has this leg issue, and I prayed for her, and the Lord healed her. She showed up a week later with a friend and says, that's the man, that's the man that prayed for me right there, right there, that's the man. Listen, people need to run to the kingdom of God that's within you. You have a culture that shocks people. You have a culture that shocks people. They can't understand it. They love it. It's real power. Royal power. But today, God wants to draw you out of your old way of living, of the false royal power. No power. Powerless kings. He wants to pull you out of ignorance and he wants to show you things that belong to you if you believe. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. 